Hey, this is Scott. And Burke. From the Davis and Davis Show, the podcast for everything Ohio. Two guys who met at the University of Akron and have a love for Northern Ohio. We talk about everything from entertainment to motorsports to fine wine and spirits. Do you want to get a little insight on Northern Ohio from the perspective of two middle-aged men? Well, as we say, grab a beer, a glass of wine, sit down, relax, and listen. New shows every Thursday morning at 6 a.m. Eastern. Just go to www.redcircle.com slash Davis and Davis. Or find us on Apple Podcasts, Prime Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Check out our Facebook page at Davis and Davis. We're not a real law firm. And we just don't care. Welcome to the Cleveland Sports Fan. Welcome to the Cleveland Sports Fan. It is a Victory Tuesday. That's right. The Cleveland Browns did what they needed to do. We are here today with myself, the Cleveland Sports Fan, Mr. Burley Gunner, and the all-famous Dr. Dribbock. That's not my name. Say it right. I'm not if if you win the game, I will never call you that again. Okay, fine, but that shouldn't have to be the case. <laughs> well, it is. But you but you but when you enter me into the game, you can you can you can call me Dr. Dog. All right. Doc- Sorry, Drip Dicky. Dr. Dick. Dr. Drip. So I, I heard that you guys uh you guys had an exciting weekend. Yeah. Oh yeah. Real exciting. Real exciting. We only went to the what I say the biggest Browns home game in my lifetime. Yeah, we were there on Sunday when we beat up on the Ratbirds. And I don't want to hear about how there was a backed up quarterback. The Browns had a 10-0 lead regardless. They would have held that lead regardless. And many people may say that, that, that Huntley came in and was better than Lamar, was better mm-hmm. than what Lamar was playing and gave the Ravens a chance to come back. But we were there, and we enjoyed every single minute of it because, damn it, those Ratbirds fans deserve it. You should have solemn scoop before the game, flying into the stadium. Oh, oh, they were purple and blacked out. They were, <laughs> oh, man. And you know what? They couldn't hang. They could not hang. And you know what? Now, when I wake up on a Monday yesterday, I'm checking social medias. I'm talking to, to people that I know in Baltimore. You know what the vibe is, Scoot? 
You know what the vibe is? Not only do Baltimore fans think that they aren't winning the division, they think they'll be lucky to make the playoffs. And I came on the Cleveland Sports Fan about a month ago, right here on the Burley Gunner Show, and said that the Baltimore Ravens would not make the playoffs. On the Four Chubbs podcast, dating back to the preseason week one, I said the Baltimore Ravens were not making the playoffs. Guess what, Scoot? The Browns, might have they might have won the AFC North yesterday with their win against the Baltimore Ravens. We're still one game out. Well, you got to look at Baltimore who who has they have Green Bay. They got Green Bay. LA. They got LA. And then I I think the other two games are wins. It's what is Mm. it, Pittsburgh and then Cincinnati? I think those are wins. You think they're gonna you think they're gonna beat you think they're They're gonna they're not gonna beat Cincinnati. You think they're gonna beat Cincinnati? I think Cincinnati is out of the question. I think they're done. Yeah, they are. They are done, but that doesn't mean that they're and not going to. one of those losses to... is going to come to the Ratbirds. That doesn't uh, mean. Uh-uh. They, the, Bengals are, the Bengals are in better shape right now than, than the Ravens. I, 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 after watching that game last night and, and Lamar getting hurt, the Ratbirds are done. I see. Uh, it, it's going to be a fight. The division's going to be a fight between the Bengals and the Browns. No, it's going to be a fight for first place with a tied record with Baltimore and Cleveland tied for first place. And we will get the division considering we would have hopefully the better division record. Now I, I, I think Baltimore is going to lose the next three games. I agree. I, I, so, it, it's, it's too tough. It's too I, tough. I only see the this Browns, for weeks, Scott. The bungles are not done yet. I, I think they're going to surprise you. They're I, done. They're not done. They are D-O-N-E done. The division is ours. But. You might as well just give it to the Browns now. But. Oh, we can't do that. That's just, there's no way. Do you realize a week from now, we'll be a week from to now, uh, or a week from today. Yeah, a week from to now. A week from right now. A week from right now, Scott, we are going Mm. to be sitting in these same seats recording next week's episode talking about the Browns in first place in the AFC North. Oh, I love the way you dream. I do. I love the way you dream. It it makes me feel young again. Uh, (laughs) Uh. I mean, if you look at the Browns' schedule, though, we have a couple of losses coming up. Nope. Couple. One. I don't even see. I don't even know if we have one. Yeah, we're going to go into Green Bay and lose Green, on Christmas Day, Green, which is perfect. Green Bay is a loss. But that's it. We're going to beat the Raiders. We're going to beat the Steelers. And we're going to beat the freaking Bungles or whatever you want to call the division's uh, ours. The the Scoop. enthusiasm is so high. We we uh Scoop. <sighs> Scoop. Bungles. I'm telling you this with four games left of the season, the Ravens and the Browns will finish 
10 and what is it, six, seven? What, it, what, it doesn't matter. They're going to tie. They will have the same exact record going into the playoffs, and the Browns will get the North because they will have a better division record. And the Bungles and the Steelers will be out of the question. I don't think the Bungles are out of it yet. Um, secondly, the Raiders game is going to be a tough game because the Raiders and the Browns are exactly alike. They're missing certain things, and you never know which team you're going to get. Uh, the the Packers, we're not going to walk into Lambeau Field and win. No, I don't. I don't think. Why so. not? It's not going to happen. Why not? Uh, because you have the future quarterback of the Cleveland Browns going up against Baker Mayfield. That's not even why I think, but I mean, any given right. Sunday, any given Sunday. Uh, and now, now you you tell me, you tell me which quarterback is better, Baker Mayfield or Aaron Rodgers? Any given Sunday. Are we gonna play this game? That that's not an answer, my friend. Any given Sunday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What we're talking about the Browns first here, Doctor Drippy. Um, I, can't to, I can't wait to get on with this game. And I want to win. And, uh, <laughs> the game will be the last thing that we do. Ah, why don't you have to kick it off with the game then? Uh, talking about the game, you got me excited over here. I know, I know, I know. You want to talk about the Browns? I'll talk about the Browns. How about the defense? Well. I want to talk about the Browns first. Then we're going to go into uh, Dr. Dog's little segment. Then we're going to go into Burley Gunner's segment, of which, while Burley is talking, Jake, you can't get up and leave. I, I, I mean, it, honestly, his topic's boring. His topic's not boring. It's it's yeah. college football. It's boring. If you that, that's boring. just because you think it's boring doesn't mean that everybody listening is not interested I never, to the college football playoff. And I never once said that, but why do I have to be here to listen to your boring topic? Well, I, I mean I, I listen to I, you talk about Cam Newton daily and you feed into it. I'm not gonna feed into this college football talk. I listen to you talk about basketball all the time and I can't stand basketball. I don't talk about basketball. I don't like it just as much as you. You you were spotting off about Duke the other day. That's college basketball. It's different. What, how is college? Well, the NBA is fixed. Okay. Basketball is basketball. It's boring. Yeah, but the NBA, it's a boring in the game. NBA, not Duke. Not not Coach not, K's last year. That's not, not boring. Uh, not Duke. Not Duke. Go pick up your cat. Give, give him some pets. Not Duke. The day. Okay, that's gonna get edited out. I promise. I I do. I pet my pussy cat all day. Damn. Um. So so so, Doctor Dog, uh, what was your evaluation of the game on Sunday? I mean, you were uh, there. Tell me what. Does Joe Woods still have a job? You were in the dog pound. 
Yeah, it was. Uh, y- you know, the defense, they came out, and, and I, I mean, I thought they played great other than the last, you know, seven minutes of the football game. I mean, other than the 12 men on the field again, which first energy was going crazy when that happened. Uh, I mean, I thought the defense played pretty well, you know. I give it 8 out of 10. They, they came out. Denzel Ward is an absolute monster. Miles Garrett is an absolute freak show. And, and every single person on that defense put it together is, is a solid-ass defense. And, and the, the offense, I mean, I feel like we got Jarvis Landry back. I, I mean, we didn't have David Njoku, who I think is a big part of our offense. Uh, we, were missing, we were missing a majority of our offense. Yeah, we were missing Njoku. Uh, yeah, it, it, and he's a big part of our offense, I feel. And Donovan Peoples-Jones came up to, to play today, or not today, uh, Sunday. And um, it, it's just, I feel like our team is getting the momentum back, but we still don't have that fire energy on the offense as we should. You know, like, like when we played the Chargers, how many did we put up? 42? What was it, 45? We put up a lot of points against the Chargers. We haven't done that since. So, I mean... Yeah, we just – the team's looking good. They, they looked great on Sunday, and that was a must-need win. And it, the offense just needs to have a little more firepower, I feel. I don't know what it is. I don't know what needs to happen. But I feel like since Kareem Hunt got hurt, Nick Chubb's been out, and they started coming – they started playing together again. It's, it's, it, they, need, they need a couple games to get into it. But they will. They will. Those are the best, best backs in the league. So maybe maybe when they will the the points will be back on the board, but overall I'm pretty impressed. What's Burley's take on the game? We kicked their ass. They were never coming back. They weren't winning the game. Nothing, nothing from the moment I walked into First Energy Stadium and realized this is the biggest Browns home game in my entire life. And then Doctor Dog said. Well, no, because the Browns-Steelers game was to go to the playoffs. But come on, give me a break. We all knew last year going into that Browns game, the final week of the season against the Steelers when they didn't play anybody and had Mason Rudolph out there, we knew we were winning that damn game. I know it was close. I believe actually it was the same scores. What Wasn't it 24-22? Wasn't that the final? Um. But yeah, yes, this was, this was, I just feel like this game was much bigger than that because that was inevitable for the Browns to win. They should have won that game. The Browns, I mean, in a lot of people's eyes should not have won this game. This would have put the season away. The Browns season would have been over. And on the way to the game, I told Jake, I said, this is the game that we find out if the Browns is, is the Browns. Like Juju Smith-Schuster said last year, this is that game for this season where we find out if the Browns is the Browns. Because normally they lose that game. Season's over. Bye-bye. It's a Browns thing to do, if you would. But they went into the game. They were winning the whole entire time. They dominated 
every aspect of the game. The special teams is playing out of their mind. The defense is playing out of their mind. The offense put up points. Baker's looking better. Baker at least looks healthy. And I think that we could be looking at – I think we're looking at a run here. I really do. I think that the Browns are going to get hot at the end of the season, and that's all that's going to matter once they get into the playoffs. I think they're going – I think this is their run. I think they are going to make a run to the AFC Championship, which would be a, a step further than they were last year. Perfect. 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 Uh, I have a question for you, for both of you. Uh, and, and this is just an observation that I had watching the game yesterday uh, or on Sunday. Uh, we seem to keep having the same problem in the second half of the game with the offense not being able to stay on the field. Uh, three and out, three and out, three and out. Uh, and we we really did give the Ravens an opportunity to come back and win this game. Yeah. Uh, is this a problem with coaching or is this a problem with the offense itself? I don't know. I can't gauge it. Again, Baker has been hurt. I can't gauge anything. I'm rolling with what we have. I'm going into the playoffs, and we have to run it back next year. I, I can't give you an honest opinion. I don't know. One week I think Stefanski's the problem. The next week I, I, I make excuses. Then I think it's Baker's fault. I can't figure it out, and it all has to do with Baker's injury. He looked good. He looked healthy. He said after the game that he was as healthy as he was since week two. The best he's felt since week two. That's great. We just gotta we, we we just gotta we just gotta play better. Okay. Dr. Dog. I mean, there's really no reason to say that it's a coaching problem. Well, no, because in your eyes, Kevin Stefanski is God and it would never do anything wrong. And even when he does something wrong, you defend him. Which is fine, but I've pointed out many things that he has done wrong during the game and you will defend him for whatever reason till the day that you die and that's fine i get it he's he won coach of the year last year took the browns to the playoffs i love kevin stefanski nothing against him but he's not perfect neither and, he, and he's been out coached in a few games this year he was he's been out coached in a few games this year Yes, I think I'm with Burley. I'm I'm not sure what it is. Why it's hard. It's hard to gauge anything. Everyone wants to ignore the fact that Baker is hurt, and everyone wants to say, "Well, that's just an excuse." It's not. It sucks, but it's a fact. He is hurt. He can't roll out. He can't plant his foot. He can now. He looked a lot better at coming after the bye. But here's where I will step in and say that it's a coaching problem here's where it's a coaching problem case keenum should have been the starter since the denver broncos game i know i've said that i said that last week case keenum should have been starting since denver and baker could have come back 
against Baltimore before the bye or even after the bye. He would have had about five to six weeks to heal from his injury. And now, bang, we're ready to go on a run. The, the record could not have gotten much worse. They weren't losing to the Lions with, with, with or without Case Keenum. They weren't beating the Patriots with or without Case Keenum. They would have beat Pittsburgh with Case Keenum. So they'd probably even have a one-game better record and, and have a much easier stretch the, the last four to five games. That's what I'm saying. That is, that is why it's a coaching problem. But on the field, I'm not so sure it's a coaching issue. But you go ahead. You keep you keep I mean Mr. Perfect, Kevin Stefans. I love him, Jake. I do. Trust me. I don't want him to go anywhere. I want him to be the coach of the Browns for the next 20 years. But I mean, when the guy makes a mistake, the guy makes a mistake. Week uh the the way that they operated inside the five yard line against Minnesota. And I know I'm talking weeks ago, but that was brutal. And I told you that was brutal and you made excuses for him. Mm. Are you going to, are you going to say anything or if you think I'm right, it's okay to say, I'm sorry. You're right. I don't know what to think. You want to say, you want to think that I'm right. Cause I am. Well, now, uh, all in all, the game the game was good. I, I, I don't blame Kevin. Well, I blame Kevin Stefanski for a couple of things. Uh, do I think he should lose his job? Heck no. Uh, this is only a second year. You have to give a, give a coach three years unless they're Hugh Jackson and they lose every game that they play that year. He should have been fired that year. Um, but Kevin Stefanski is still riding a good, a, a good wave. I think Kevin Stefanski will be here longer than, longer than Baker Mayfield will. Yeah, I, I'm just, I'm, I'm still not sure if Baker Mayfield wants to be here. Well, I don't know. I really don't know. I uh I think he's a good he... teammate. I think he loves his locker room. I think he loves his his players, loves his receivers, his running backs, his offensive line. I think he loves Stefanski. Hell, he may love the Browns. I don't know if Baker Mayfield wants to play football in Cleveland. It's it's a uh, I, I yeah I I don't know what to say I don't know what to say right now. Um, I live in the world of Texas, and in the world of Texas, there is a lot of talk, and I never know whether to believe it or not, but. Uh, the things that I'm hearing from my friends down on Lake Travis is that Baker doesn't want to be in Cleveland. Uh, now, whether 
whether that f- fact is being brought upon or brought on by the way the fans treat them uh or if it's the media i don't know but I I just I have a bad feeling that that this is probably the last year that we'll see Baker Mayfield in a Browns uniform. Wow, not even one more. I give him one more year. I give him one more year here because ultimately I think if Baker Mayfield can get a max contract, the kind of money that he wants, even if it's in Cleveland, he will take it. Now, as a Browns fan, I don't know if you should be too excited about that because that might lead to maybe less focus, I guess. I'm not, but I would I would at least give him one more year here. You're talking about him being gone. The only thing that would make sense is if Aaron Rodgers was the quarterback next year in Cleveland. That is the only thing that would make sense to not have Baker because you cannot waste this talent by going back into the draft. And if, if, there, if it's not Aaron Rodgers, it's not anybody because there's not another quarterback going to be on the market that will – that I'll feel comfortable taking over and taking this team to the playoffs. So if you're, if you're, you better tell me it's Aaron Rodgers because other than that, uh, you completely lost me. Here's a, here, here, here's what I, I have to say to, to everything that you, you just said. I, I don't think that it's going to be our choice. So you he's you he's gonna want out is what you're saying. I heard year after year. I said it when we took OBJ. This guy doesn't want to be here. He he proved it today. He caught more balls today than he caught in his entire season last year. He caught more balls today than he caught all last year. And he's already got three touchdowns. If we had this OBJ playing like this in Cleveland, We would have been not, at the I'm Super not, Bowl. I, I, I can't. I can't. I can. I cannot blame OBJ. I'm not mm. even. I'm not even going to discuss that. I can't blame OBJ for the for his production. I just can't. I I'm won't. Not, uh, how how can you not see the facts? Um, his, the his facts com- are the fa- the facts are Scott that the Rams use him better than Cleveland used him. They put him in proper situations to succeed and make plays, and they and they don't just send him deep down the field every time because that's not what he is. He's a slot receiver who needs to catch the ball close to the line of scrimmage and use his legs to, to make plays in space. And that's exactly – he caught a touchdown in the Sunday night football game against Arizona. He caught the ball two yards from the line of scrimmage, and it was a three-yard slant route into the end zone. Boom. Stafford put it right on the money, and he made the play. That they're using him properly. Can he go deep down the field? Absolutely. But that's not what they, they that he needs to do every time, and that's what the Browns made him do. Every play was run deep down the field, and it's just not that's just not who he is. 
I look at the stats. I look at the stats. 45% completion rate in Cleveland, 79% completion rate in L.A. Well, he's, he's also playing with a quarterback that gets in the ball a lot better than Baker Mayfield did. And it's no knock on Baker. Mm-mm. I'm not knocking Baker at all. I truthfully believe that the ups and downs that we've had this season are being caused by the fact that Baker doesn't want to be here. You know, I watched the press conference after the game and I just got that vibe that he just does not have an interest being in Cleveland. Uh, Can we talk about Miles Garrett? Well, now that's I, a guy who wants to be in Cleveland. And he'll be in Cleveland for for his whole career, I would assume. I'm Breaking about the single season sack record 15. I, I am about to jump on the entire defense. I said this I said this in a podcast earlier this week or right after the game. Miles Garrett, Jadavian Clowney, and Denzel Ward should all be getting a $100,000 bonus this week for the way they played. Yeah, I mean, obviously Denzel Ward and Miles Garrett came to play. But, yeah, I was telling Ryan during the game, Jadavian Clowney, he had, like, what, three blocks? Or, or he, he batted a ball down that made it fourth down. He had a big – he, he was all over the field. Uh, Jadavian Clowney, when, when, we picked him, when we picked him up, I, I kept saying to, to Oshimaida, this, this is great. This is a good thing. This is a good thing. And Oshimaida agreed with me. I didn't think that he was going to be this good. Uh, it's almost like he is feeding off of Miles Garrett. I mean, yeah, you got Miles coming from one side and Clowney on the other. That's scary. Just it, the, the entire defense was was really, really good uh, on Sunday. I have to uh, – I, I mean, you've got to give them a ton of credit because of the fact that in the second half of the game, they were they were on the field longer than, than the offense was. Did you hear what Miles said during the press conference? I'm no. not. I'm, I, I mean, not the. I love. I love what he was saying, or I love. I love. I'm trying to figure out how to word this. I didn't exactly like what he was like. What he was talking about, but obviously, I liked how he said it. He was saying that when the Ravens got that onside kick, how how did they feel in the defense coming back out and having to stop the Ravens. And Miles Garrett said that he was happy that he was glad the game was going to be in his hands. Like, I mean, I love that. Don't get me wrong, but I, I don't know if I, I don't know if I love that. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> if I love that. Like our defense wants the ball instead of our offense. I mean, 
I mean, I would too. Our defense looks to be better than our offense, but like that's just not a great quality to have as a team. That's uh, the 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 defense was was incredibly good. I I I have to. Uh, I think next year, next year, when we do this stuff next year, uh, I I think we've got to we got to give a kudos award for the offense and the defense every week. Um, yeah. yeah, on that's good on the, on the offense, Donovan Peoples Jones, uh, guys, oh, he's a stud. I mean, we were paying OBJ. $15 million to catch half, less than half the balls thrown to him. And Donovan Peoples Jones is run, running around with an 80% completion rate. Yeah, 80%? He's, he's, he's awesome. Uh, this kid's incredible. He deserves, deserves a. I, we don't say that word on the show. Why not? We don't say the M word on the Why? show. Why no, not? No, no. Why? No. no. Wait, this is the first time this no, no. is getting addressed. Why no, no, no. not? No, no. Who, we don't. who here cares about Ohio State? Uh, I'm it's... not. I'm not an Ohio State fan. If that if that hasn't uh, been cleared, then I'm sorry. And, ladies and gentlemen, I hope you give Doctor Dog a huge round of applause for his last show on the Cleveland sports fan. That's fine. I wasn't even supposed to be here. Remember on the four Chubs podcast? Neither you of you were me. supposed to be here. You fired me. Remember? I, I fire you every week. Yeah. That's what my, that's what my baseball coach said. Every single day I walked in, he said, did you not get that pink slip in your locker? You're I said, fired. what? Ah. You know, that, Denzel Ward looked like he was back. Back if we're talking about Ohio State, he looked like he was hitting like he went to Ohio State. That guy's guy's laying the wood. I'll tell you what, he is he is a heavy hitter. The last four games, he's been putting people on their ass. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm not a big Denzel Ward fan. I don't think that that he's worth the money that we were paying him. Uh, what? But I yeah. can't say the M word. Yeah, but but you, but, but you can but say. You see, there's there's a big difference here. There's a big difference here, Doctor Dog. What do you mean? Uh, You're talking about our best cornerback. Uh, okay, my problem with Denzel Ward is not the fact that he's a good corner cornerback. That's not the. F the fact is that he would have been in that draft in the second round. We didn't have to waste a fourth round draft pick on him. Nobody was going to pick him. We have him. That's in the past, Scoop. We gotta appreciate what he does now. I I I'm I'm kind of a businessman and I look at what I'm spending and what I could have had. Denzel Ward is the guy. He can have what he wants. Uh, Denzel Ward, like I, I'm going to say the same thing that I said to your dad. Denzel Ward has played in Cleveland for four years this year. Four years. 
Yeah, yeah. Hasn't da 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 da. Denzel Ward has never completed an entire season. That's fine. Look at the plays he makes when he is on the field. Uh, yeah, but last year he's all paid, over the screen. Last year we paid him ten million dollars to play eleven games. Mm-mm. No, no. I, I said I was I was going to make my judgment on him this year. I still think that we picked him too early, but he is a heck of a corner. On that note, is there anything else we need to talk about about the Browns? Or do we need to go into Dr. Dog's segment? On to the Raiders. All right. We're going to take a quick break here. I have to go yell at people in the background because we can hear them. Uh. Now, Dr. Dog has Dr. Dog has a segment coming up, people. It's a big segment. It's a huge segment. It has to do with football. Yeah, it's still probably not going to be as good as any other segment I've done. But, uh, you know, I don't know about anybody else, but I, I feel like this week that are you, are you good over there? I think the drink's gone, Burley. It's it's gone. It's gone. Give it up. Go back and go in the little kitchen and go go grab Dude, yourself another one. He likes to suck little straws. Yeah, yeah, he does. Um, so I mean, it, it this weekend was a fun, fun weekend of football. I thought at least. I mean, I I spent the first half of my day at First Energy Stadium and the second half of my day in, in my house. So, uh, <laughs> it, it, it all start. It all started off Thursday. With the Steelers going to Minnesota and to play the Vikings. Well, all these games I'm going to mention and refer to have one thing in common, and I hope you guys pick up what I'm putting down uh, throughout this segment. But to start off the game, the Minnesota Vikings in the first quarter, Justin Jefferson, probably my one of my favorite receivers in the, in the NFL, quite frankly, that guy is, that guy's a stud and he, he's, he's quite the character, but Justin Jefferson caught a 14 yard touchdown, uh, thrown obviously from Kirk, the jerk himself. And they actually missed the extra point. So the score after one was six, nothing. Well, Greg Joseph made up for it and made a 38 yard field goal in the second, which made it nine, nothing. And then Dalvin Cook is out there doing Dalvin Cook things, scoring a 29-yard touchdown, which made it 16 to nothing. Well, that's not it. it, it Scoot, I'm not done. Dalvin Cook ran I'm for here. a he, he ran for another touchdown. You, you being a you being a purple team fan, Dalvin Cook had two touchdowns in the second quarter. The second one was a seven-yard run that put the score at 23 to nothing and guess what scoot we're at halftime do tell we are at halftime and the pittsburgh Steelers are getting whooped 23 to nothing and it doesn't stop there they come out in the third quarter greg joseph makes a 42 yard field goal to put it at 26 nothing and then he runs it back with another 25 yard field goal to make it 29 
to nothing. 29 to nothing, folks. Third quarter, midway through, almost the end of the third quarter. 29 to nothing. This game is over. Well, me being a rigid AFC North fan, I, I mean, this game was over with no matter what the Steelers did, but they, they didn't go down without a fight. You got Najee Harris scoring a three-yard touchdown thrown by Big Ben that, uh, that put the score at 29-7. to All right, now we're in the fourth quarter. So it was 29 nothing at one point. Now it's 29-7, and Najee Harris once again runs another touchdown to put it at 29-14. Well, they're not done. James Washington, 30-yard touchdown pass from Big Ben. They went for two. It didn't work. Beyond that, the score is now 29 to 20. It was just 29 to nothing. At the end of the third, towards the end of the third quarter, it was 29. Now it's 29 to 20. Well, KJ Osborne, a 62-yard pass. It was incredible. 62-yard pass down the field that kind of lopsided the score 36-20, but I mean, the Steelers still scored. Pat, I don't, I, I always mess up his last name, but Pat Fryermuth, mouth, mouth, Fryer, I don't care. He plays for the Steelers. He sucks. But he ended up scoring a 15 yard touchdown that, that made the game, you know, a little closer than it had to be. The final score was 36 to 28. I mean, at one point, it was 29 to nothing. So it, it, it was a blowout. At, towards the end of the third quarter, that turned out to be actually, you know, a good game, in my opinion. Do you have any any takes on on that game Thursday? Uh, thank you, thank you. Um, I, I, what am I gonna defend my purple people eaters? Yes, yes, just like I would if TCU was playing. TCU. I am one hundred percent happy. Uh, uh, with my purple people eaters. Um, I will say the, the Dalvin cooks incredible, isn't he? If he's, they, if they did not have Dalvin cook, they would not be what they are right now. He's great. And not to mention, I think, I think it should be mentioned that he played that Thursday night game after spraining or dislocating his shoulder 11 days prior. That's mm -hmm. amazing. He got carted off the field 11 days prior with a, what was it, a dislocated shoulder? Yeah, scored two touchdowns and gave me 34 fantasy points. Yeah, I I, I was – I'm impressed with him. Uh, I, I still have high hopes for my for my purple people eaters, but uh, we'll see what happens. Burley, anything on the Thursday night game you want to talk about? Steelers, Vikings? The Steelers suck. They're done. Ben has four more games left, and it's time for him to retire. I could not be happy. All right. That being said, we're going to move on to the next game. The next game I want to talk about is, I mean, what, what a lot of people like to say, probably one of the best games of the slate. You got the Cowboys going to Washington to play the Washington football team. Well, just like the Steelers-Vikings game, this one started off rather similar. The Cowboys jumped off right out of the gate. Right, Greg Zerline, 35-yard field goal, 3 nothing, And then Amari Cooper, 7-yard touchdown over the middle to make it 11 nothing. And then you got Durant Armstrong, 
taking a 37-yard fumble recovery to the house all in the first quarter. And the score is 18 to nothing. Kind of sounds like the, the, the Thursday night game, huh? Well, just like Minnesota at the first half of the game, they weren't done. Greg Zerline, 38-yard field goal. Now it's 21-0. Greg Zerline, 37-yard field goal. Now it's 24-0, and both teams are going to the locker room. Now that's two games that one team went to the locker room with a big donut on the scoreboard. Unlike the Thursday night game, Washington did come out and respond right away in the third quarter with a Cam Sims 43-yard touchdown that put it, and they went for two and successfully got it. Now the score is 24-8. to Greg Zerline ran back on the field, kicked another 29-yard field goal, 27-28. Now we're in the fourth quarter, you know? It's 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 kind of a kind of a washout game, you know. Fourth quarter, it's over. Well, Washington had other ideas. Jonathan Williams runs a one-yard touchdown. They go for two, doesn't work. 27-14, getting closer, but they end up scoring another touchdown. 4-13 left to go in the ball game. Cole Homecomb, he uh he took 31-yard interception to the house off Dak Prescott. That actually, and that was the final. It was 27 to 20. So just like the Thursday night game, it was 29-0 over there. And, and, and over here in Washington, it was 24-0. Both games ended, you know, one score. It, it, that, and that's not the only one, you know. I went to First Energy Stadium. Next, I want to talk about the Ravens going to Cleveland, the best city in the world. And, you know, it, again, same thing as the two other games. You know, the Browns got off to a good start with a 3 nothing lead from a, from a field goal for 43 yards. And then Jarvis Landry catches a nine-yard touchdown from Baker Mayfield. Welcome back, Juice. That puts the score 10 nothing, all in the first quarter. Well, they weren't done. Austin Hooper, a one-yard touchdown, which was a beautiful play. Did you see, you see Nick Chubb? It was a fake to, to, to Nick Chubb. He fake jumps over the line, a little toss to Austin Hooper. It was a great play. But now the score is 17 to nothing. I hope we're all picking up what I'm putting down, uh, what all these games have in common. Well, Justin Tucker pounced on the field, made a 50-yard field goal. I don't like that guy. That guy gets, <laughs> that guy gets all my nerves. But – he put the score. Uh, he put the Ravens on the scoreboard, and it was seventeen to three. And then the greatest play in First Energy Stadium, I think, Miles Garrett, the strip sack, the scoop, the score in the second quarter. He broke the single season sack record in Cleveland at fifteen, and, and he scored his first touchdown in his career all in one play. It was amazing. It was electric. And it was probably one of the greatest plays I have ever seen. Unfortunately, it was on the other side of the field. I was in the dog pound. It was on the other side. So uh, that put the score 24 to 3. And Justin Tucker made a 42-yard field goal to send this game into halftime. 24-6. So, I mean, I know it's not the, 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 the zeros we were talking about, but it's still kind of a lopsided game. 
Well, spoiler alert, it didn't finish lopsided. Uh, the third quarter only had one score. It was Justin Tucker making a 55-yard field goal. Did I mention I hate that guy? I am why, not a fan. Why, 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 why? I am not a fan of that guy. He, he, can, he, can, he can ride into the sunset like Big Ben's about to be. <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, uh, the Ravens were not done. So the score is now 24-9, to 9, getting a little closer, but, you know, it should be secured. Latavius Murray, a one-yard touchdown. It, it, the, the score is 24-15, to 15 and they went for two. They didn't get it. I wanted to ask you guys, why? Why did they go for two? Am I the only one that thought that made no sense at all? Because even if they would have kicked the field goal, they would have been down eight. That's a one-score mm, game. Instead of going know. for two, missing it, and now they're down two scores. Uh, I don't think so. You don't think so? No, I, I said I, I, I don't think that um, you're, you're the only one that's okay. thinking that. Okay, okay. So, so that being said, the score is getting closer. It's 24-15. People in Cleveland are worrying a little bit. I'm in my seat, not worried one bit, uh, until Mark Andrews catches the easiest touchdown of his life. That put the score 24 to 22. They get the onside kick, and the defense just shows up. Denzel Ward makes a great play to end the game. But again, just like the other games I've mentioned, the score was 24 to 6 going into halftime. The score finished one score, 24 22. Like just, just electric, fun games to watch. And I, quite frankly, other than the Browns game, the other best game of the slate was was finished the same way. You got the Bills and you got the Bucks. Same situation. The same situation. Leonard Fournette, our guy, our guy Lombardi Lenny. He uh, started out the game with a 47-yard touchdown run in the first quarter. Man's got some wheels on him. He 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 he's amazing. At, at the game, he but, but what he can do on his feet is just incredible. Guy, guys, taking it back to college days. He scores a forty-seven yard touchdown, put the score seven nothing. Ryan Suckup comes out, makes a twenty-three yard field goal, ten nothing. Tyler Bass, they exchange. Tyler Bass comes out, kicks a field goal for the Bills. Now it's ten to three. Then you got Mike Evans, who I don't know if you saw this specific uh, touchdown pass, but. It was a great catch by Mike Evans. He, it was great coverage. It, it was amazing coverage by the Bills. But he, he's just unguardable sometimes. And when he, when he goes up and he, he, he comes down with that football, it's just, it was incredible. I couldn't believe what I was watching. It was. Did Did you see that? Did you see that play specifically? I don't. I don't know if you watched that game. I'm, I know you're not a big Brady guy, but it was just, it was an amazing catch. It, can he, you hear he, me he, now? Yeah, I can hear you. Uh, I didn't get to see that game. No, it, it, he, it was a 13 yard touchdown pass. He, he went up and grabbed it. He almost looked like he was Randy Moss. It, it, it looked spectacular, but that put the game at 17 to three. All right. Tom Brady comes out and does his thing and rushes. A one-yard touchdown, 
to put the score at 24 to 3. Same situation as all the games I've been reading off to you. It, it's it's one-sided. It's a one-sided game going into the locker room. Third quarter, Josh I, Allen I, comes out. What? I have to say uh, our friend Fournette, uh, he, he, he was rocking in this game. What? What did you just say? You sound like Darth Vader. Oh, shit. Sorry. How about now? Oh, my gosh. Hey, we got Scoop back, guys. <laughs> I said your friend Leonard Fournette was awesome. Oh, that guy is amazing. Yeah, on and off the field. <laughs> that, guy is, that guy is awesome. But... That takes us into the third quarter. Josh Allen does his thing and runs for an 18-yard touchdown that puts the score 24-10. Ryan Suckup comes out in the fourth quarter, makes a 24-yard field goal. It's 27-10 in the fourth quarter against the defending Super Bowl champions. You know, it's you don't got a lot, you don't got a lot of hope now. You know, it's it's you're running out of time. Well, Buffalo thought otherwise. Dawson Knox, 15-yard touchdown, 27-17. They get the ball back. Gabriel Davis catches a four-yard touchdown. Now it's a one-score game at 27-24, all in the fourth quarter. And you guessed it, Scoot. Tyler Bass comes out and sends the game to overtime, or as I like to call it, free football. <laughs> well, it, it, I, it's pretty it's, – it, I'm sure you guys have seen it, what happened. Uh, Bashard Perriman catches a 58-yard touchdown, runs down the field like he, quite frankly, was, you know, rest in peace, Demarius Thomas. But he almost looked like he was Demarius Thomas running down the field against the Steelers in the playoff game. It, it, was, it was almost amazing to see. Uh, one more time, rest in peace, Demarius Thomas. Uh, but, yeah, the Bucks ended up winning that game in overtime, 33-27. to So just like every other game I've mentioned, Goes into halftime, lopsided, comes out the final score, one-score game. Now, the last game I want to talk about, which it was a very, 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 very special game for me. Uh, it, it meant a lot to the people in Cleveland. I watched this game in Cleveland, and people were going absolutely nuts. Uh, you got the 49ers going to Cincinnati. This was a big one because if the Bengals lose, that puts the Browns in second place in the AFC North. Spoiler alert, the Bengals lost. So it, 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 that's how it was looking like going into halftime, just like the rest of the games I've mentioned. Robbie Gold comes out, makes a 33-yard field goal to start out the first quarter, but Evan – I don't know how to say his last name. Evan McPherson comes out and makes a 37-yard field goal to tie the game. Pearson. McPherson. You would know. The game is now tied going into the second quarter at three with exchanging field goals. You got Debo Samuel running a 27-yard touchdown throw from Jimmy. Oh, no, no, I'm sorry. It's his fourth consecutive game with a rushing touchdown. He ran the ball himself. Uh, that was a 27-yard touchdown to put the game at 10-3. to three. And go ahead, Burley. Evan who? Evan McWho? 
McPherson. Yeah, Evan McPherson comes out and makes a 28-yard field goal to put the game at 10 to 6. George Kittle also have him in fantasy. What a guy. Catches a 14-yard touchdown right before halftime to put the game at 17 to 6. So, probably, you know, the cl- the more closer of all the games that we've mentioned, but still, you know, pretty lopsided going into halftime. Well, that doesn't stop them. Robbie Gold comes out, puts up the score, the only the only points in the third quarter, makes a 24-yard field goal, 20 to 6 is the score going into the fourth quarter, and now it's looking like that lopsided game. And of course, just like every other game, they were not done. Jamar Chase, 17-yard touchdown pass from Mr. Joe Burrow himself. Puts it at 20-13, to 13, and Jamar Chase scores another touchdown in the fourth quarter to put it at 32, or uh, sorry, 32-yard touchdown pass to put it at 20-20. to 20. Overtime. Overtime, just like we had in Tampa. Yeah. Actually, the, the, the Bengals got the ball first, and they kicked a field goal. Evan McPherson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Evan McPherson. He comes out and kicks a 41-yard field goal to actually give the Bengals the lead. But that doesn't stop Brandon the Helicopter Ayuk scoring a 12-yard touchdown to put the Bengals in third place in the AFC North, baby. Uh... I need a drink. Uh, that's all I got for you guys. It was a fun weekend of football, fun weekend of football. It was a great, great weekend. And I, I'm looking, I'm looking forward to week 15, the Raiders Saturday night, Saturday night game, huh? But it is a Saturday night game. The afternoon. It's a four o'clock game. Saturday afternoon. I'll be there for the first half. Won't be able to be there for the full game. The, uh, Burning River Buckets are playing Saturday night. I've got to be there um, on the east side of Cleveland for that game. They are ranked number 20th in the ABA now at 5-1. and one. So that's mm. nice. Mm-mm-mm. Is this where you start talking college football? Because I really have to go to the bathroom. <laughs> You're going to talk about college football with us. Because I want your opinion on it. Because you think it sucks, so that's perfect. You're a perfect, you're a perfect person to ask and talk about this. Because you could tell me how it can change to not suck. I don't watch it to know what sucks about it. That's a problem. That is a problem. Why? I'm not a big fan of college football. You, who, you who, should be. Who cares? Do you watch the NFL draft? Do you want? Do you want to know? Who's available, and, and that's how you that's how you find that out. I want to see how they perform at the next level. You, okay, so if you were a, if you were a general manager of a football team, you're just going to draft a random guy and say, "Let's see if he can perform at the next level." That's cute, but I'm not a general manager of a football team, so I could give a rat's ass about who plays in college. Well, you're a fan, and of yeah, of the NFL. Come the- come prove who you are in the league. Okay, so you're not. So what you're saying is you're not versatile. You're not. You're not versatile when it comes to um, the Cleveland sports fan. We. So should we just change? Should we just change your label to NFL expert? 
you got to throw something about Cam Newton in there. Cam Newton, an NFL expert, has zero college knowledge, zero basketball knowledge, zero knowledge of anything other than the NFL and Cam Newton. Is that is that what we should do? And baseball. What's wrong with that? You never want to talk about baseball. Yeah, because have you seen what our organization is going through? So you're not versatile. Do you understand? Do you all do you understand that the best content that you could have is when your team blows? You know what? You you understand that your team blows? Should be able to do anything. You should be able to talk for hours. So are you guys done fighting about whatever you were fighting about? No, we both agree Cam Newton's going to be in the Hall of Fame. Mm. I'm not going down that road. If you're listening, you know where I stand on that. All right, so what what are we talking about here about college football? What 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 do we need to know in Cleveland, Ohio? Have they have put out a Fox has Fox put out a hypothetical college football playoff bracket. Everybody's been wanting to talk. Everybody wants a 16-team college football playoff. And I, after looking at this bracket, I, and I'm all for the college football playoff being 16 teams. Just, I mean, you play the bowl game anyway. Might as well just make them you know, uh, a playoff sort of feel because I think that's where you kind of lose half of the fan base when it comes to about halfway through the season. If your team's not in the running for national champion, I mean, you're, it, it seems like the fan base is kind of quit. But I will dive into this because it's worth mentioning. There's a 16-team college football playoff bracket that's out. Um, it's, it's obviously just a hypothetical bracket. This is not real. But here would be the matchups. The number one seeded Alabama Crimson Tide would face the number 16 Oklahoma Sooners. The number two seed Michigan would face the number 15 Iowa Hawkeyes. That was a rematch from the Big Ten Championship. Number three, Georgia would go up against 14 Oregon. And number four, Cincinnati would go up against number 13 BYU. So now let's talk about the inner games. These are all, all eight of these teams would not and have not made the college football playoff, but they would have made it if it was 16 teams. You've got Ole Miss at eight there. They would play the nine seeded Oklahoma state. You've got um, Baylor seven, Michigan state, 10 Notre Dame at five Pitt at 12 Ohio state at six and Houston at 11. So let me just say this. If you broke down each of these games, not a single one of the fo- top four would be upset. Alabama ain't losing to Oklahoma. Iowa is not beating Michigan. Oregon is absolutely going to get rolled by Georgia, and you would have Cincinnati beating BYU. Okay? Now, the inner games are fun because none of these teams made the college football playoff. And this is where you get the argument to see if they are worthy enough to be in the college football playoff. But regardless, it doesn't matter. The winner of Ole Miss and Oklahoma State 
that's just, I mean, that's just a bowl game in my opinion, because they would then move on and lose to Alabama. Neither one of those teams would knock off Alabama. So Alabama would be in the semifinals. Michigan would beat Iowa and then Baylor or Michigan state would then lose to Michigan. That's just the way that I see that. However, you could see an upset from Baylor to then beat Michigan only for Baylor to just get upset in the semifinals. But I, again, I'm just, I'm just speaking hypothetical. I'm not sure if this is the way to go about it or not. I just think it's worth talking about. You would have Ohio state Houston. The winner of that game would then lose to Georgia. Regardless how it played out, Ohio state would not be Georgia. Houston would not be Georgia. Georgia would not lose to Oregon. So Oregon or Georgia would come out of that side of the bracket. Cincinnati's not losing to Notre Dame. They already beat them. And Cincinnati's not going to lose to Pitt. Therefore, Alabama, Michigan, Georgia, and Cincinnati would be in the semifinals, which is also known as the four-team college football playoff. So as much as it's fun, exciting, and I'm all for it just because I like to see more meaningful football games, I don't know that it would necessarily matter nor make a difference because I think it would take years upon years to see one of these outside teams win the national championship. I think college football is the most um, consistent thing that we have. The best team normally wins it, and that best team would not lose to the sixth or seventh or eighth best team in the country. That's how far superior that they are. And I know you hate college football, Jake, but I think this could possibly help too. In the long run, it may it may help with recruiting also because you've got to you've got to understand these kids want to go somewhere and they want to win. So if my options are Alabama or Oklahoma State and I'm a kid who lives in Oklahoma and would love to go to Oklahoma State, I know it's an outside shot of making the college football playoff. If there was a 16-team college football playoff, Oklahoma State may be able to get more recruits because of that. Because now these kids realize, well, hey, I don't have to pack my bags and go to Alabama or Georgia or or any of these big-name schools, USC now, to try to play for a college football championship. That totally makes sense. I also believe, and I want your opinion on this, I also believe they should, I think they should limit, uh, uh, make the division one smaller. Maybe not so much for basketball because there's a 64-team tournament at the end of it. So if you're good, you're going to get in. But for football, I think they should change the way that Division One football is played. I don't want to see Alabama and Ohio State going and beating up Troy anymore. I'm sick of that. And I think that it hurts these teams' overall records. I'm sick of looking at these teams who go out and beat Georgia Southern or Utah State and all these teams that don't belong and that are playing these games for ticket sales and revenue and and pretty much just for clout, as kids would say these days, I'm sick of seeing it. I think that 
power five schools should stick to power five schedules. Alabama, if they want to go out of conference before SEC play, that's fine. But you have to schedule Iowa. You have to schedule Wisconsin. You have to schedule Arizona State. You have to schedule UCLA. Those types of teams. No more cakewalks. I think it's a lot better that way, and you can figure out who the better teams are a lot more easier when you're not rolling teams like Georgia Southern. Honestly, no offense to Georgia Southern. Ohio State wouldn't have been in the position that they've been in for the past 10 years if they would have been playing teams that were equal I would say I would agree half of Ohio State's games are literally cupcakes. And that's including. Yeah, yeah, really. They they played Kent State two years in a row. I'm like sitting here going, why why are you playing Kent State? It doesn't make any sense to me. Again, college basketball, I think, is different because of the 64 team tournament. I don't think that they need to do something like this with college basketball. If they wanted to, it would definitely make the sport a lot more interesting if Duke could only play top power five schools. That would be amazing. Duke plays tomorrow for the first time in – or excuse would be tonight, actually. They play the first time since November 30th, okay? And they play South Carolina State. Like – and Dr. Dog's cat is taking a piss right now. It's not my cat. It is your cat. No, it's not. Just because you forgot about him doesn't mean it wasn't yours to begin with. Just because I gave him a home doesn't mean it makes it my cat. If I drop, it was your cat before your dad took care of it. If I drop, if I dropped my daughter off on someone's stranger's porch, that makes me a shitty father. Guess what? That's still my daughter. You just proved my point. So you're no one. Dro- so you're I a shitty cat, cat owner. I got the cat dropped off to me. No, it you dropped it off to your dad. It. My cat passed away. Wait, uh, hold on. What, uh, okay, I'm done with the cat thing. Here's here's the biggest problem that you you've got with with college football and the expansion of this. There are organizations like the Cotton Bowl organization and the Rose Bowl organization and all this. See, right now, bowl games are basically useless anymore. There's no reason to have a Rose Bowl. I agree. There's no reason to have a Cotton Bowl. I agree. Get rid of all that crap and make... Make the the national football game the game. I I uh, agree. Uh, I I love the sixteen teams. I love expanding the college football season. I don't think that they play enough games to separate teams. Uh, with that said. I- I, 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 something, something's got to be done because a four-team playoff, uh, it's stupid. It is. I don't think. I it. I don't think. Like I said, I don't think the outcome is going to be much different. 
But you don't necessarily have to get rid of the Rose Bowl or in the, or the Sugar Bowl or the Cotton Bowl, Scott. You would just make those games part of the tournament. So, for example, Alabama versus um, Oklahoma. There's your Cotton Bowl. Michigan versus Iowa. There's your Sugar Bowl. You've got the Fiesta Bowl, which would be Cincy and, and, and BYU. You could still have the Rose Bowl, Ohio State, um, Houston. You could have all, uh, the all whatever bowl game you want. You could transform all of the bowl games and just turn them into win or go home games. If you win the bowl, so essentially you could you could win the Sugar Bowl. Then you could move on and win the Rose Bowl. And then you could move on and win the national championship. I think it'd be more fun and it, it would just make things better because you're right. As sitting in sitting in Columbus, going to Columbus and asking an Ohio State fan if they're ready for the Rose Bowl, that's not the same as it was 20 years ago, 10 no. years ago. They no. don't care. They do not give a rip. I know diehard Ohio State Buckeye fans that will not even watch the game. They won't even watch the game. They won't track the score on 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 their phone. They will go out and have their 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 self a happy holiday and carry on with their family. And I'm sure they'll check the score update before they go to bed. And if Ohio State loses, guess what? They're not going to care. It doesn't matter anymore. The season is over. Once there was no Big Ten championship game and no college football playoff, it's done. It's over. They don't. They do not care. That does not matter to them. Rose Bowl or not, you might as well put Michigan State in the Rose Bowl, to be honest with you. You might as well, because they would have cared more than Ohio State would have. You might as well just put Ohio State in the Oregano Bowl. Because <laughs> it does not matter. And you know what? The, I, and I'll say this. The college football playoff committee, that when they scheduled this game, Ohio State versus Houston, they – Screwed up huge, huge. Rose Bowl, Ohio State already doesn't care. You put them against Houston? Come on. You got to do better than that. You got to do better than that. Dr. Dog. What? Do you agree? I think Burley pretty much just told us exactly why I hate college football. He he just told us if we had a 16-team bracket, the same four teams would make it. Who cares? <laughs> for now, but I think down the road, it would. I think for now, correct, it would not change anything. I think, the I think thing- Alabama would advance. I think Cincinnati would advance. I think Georgia would own – Everybody in that bra- in that side of the bracket in Michigan would advance. The only upset I could see would be Baylor moving past Michigan, but then Baylor would get stomped by Georgia, so it wouldn't matter. Ultimately, at the end of the day, I don't think it would matter well, okay, now. Hey, that doesn't hey, matter in five to ten years. It's not going to change the way recruiting goes. The, the, the goal is, and you see this with college coaches moving to different organizations and different schools, you know, this is you got Lincoln Riley going to USC. They he is going to revive USC and UCLA is going to have to be revived. Texas just signed Quinn Ewers or not signed, but tra- uh, they got him in the transfer portal. There's going to be 
more teams in the, the college football is looking for depth. That's the one thing that college football has been missing for the last 10 to 20 years is depth. These, the, it's just not deep anymore. Even the, even the storybook, uh, storybook franchises like Texas and like USC and, and like Notre Dame and like Penn State, they, they've, they've been irrelevant. They've been irrelevant. I think that's going to change. And if you made it 16 teams for the playoffs, I think that's a, that's a good way to start changing it. You're never going to get rid of this one to two to three to four school juggernaut domination every single season with a, a four team college football playoff. It's 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 just you're just not going to. You're not going to be able to compete with the recruiting. I I thoroughly agree. It's there's yeah. I, I thoroughly, I, I, every point you made was valid. Then Dr. Dog really sucks. If, and I'll, I, last thing I'll say about it, and I think I've said this, I'll just reward it. I understand that I'm, I'm kind of, I'm kind of like, uh, contradicting myself because I said it wouldn't matter. We would still have the same four teams in the final four. But at the same time, you got to remember, you're still Ohio State's still playing Houston. That game is still happening. So you could make it more engageable for the players and fans to make that game. The winner would go play Georgia. The um, okay. The 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 difference here is that you're going to have the same effect that you have with the NFL and the salary cap. In 10 years, you will see what comes out of this. And what's going to end up happening is the the smaller schools are going to become uh, a lot more competitive if it goes in this direction. Uh, so uh, I agree. I just I, I think it's a win win situation. Um, when it gets down to the final, you know, the, the back half of the season and these teams that have two losses and they know they're done. And it, even if they win out, there's nothing that can, they can do they're, They are completely done. And the best they can do is go play in the Gator bowl. The it's almost like it's, it's, it's almost like a minor league system to the NFL. They're just out there getting their reps and that's right. not what college football is about. You don't want to just go out there and get your reps. You want to go out there and have games that matter. That's why college basketball is so electric right now because Duke has started the season. They've already played Gonzaga, who was the number one team in the country. They played Kentucky, and they've played Ohio State. Uh, here's here's what I really love about what you've what you've discussed here. Uh, you can, I I mean, we've already talked about the fact that you can keep these bowl games viable, which means that that you could set up six bowl games on Christmas. Yeah. And then and then and then have another set on New Year's Eve or New Year's Day to 
to finish things out, or even New Year's Eve and New Year's Day, to finish it out and bring it to the national championship. I just, I, I love this whole idea because it makes the bowl games viable again. I agree. I, I, I agree. There's not, I mean, you could, they could even add more bowl games. They would have to, if you think they about would it. Have to. They, yeah. There's going to be more, there would be more games. There would be more. I mean, I don't, I'm sorry. I'm not, I'm not trying to make the NCAA any more money than it already has, but this is a no brainer. This is a no brainer. There would be there would be more football, more meaningful football games to watch, and more to, to, more to, things to air on national television. That's bottom line. I mean, that's kind of what we're striving for, and what we're not me. I just want an equal playing field. I want um, I want more of, of of what college basketball is doing, man. This Saturday. This Saturday, I get Ohio State versus Kentucky. I get Marquette versus Xavier. I get I get North Carolina versus UCLA. That's I mean, these are marquee matchups that you Oklahoma State versus Houston. These are these are Baylor versus Oregon. These are marquee matchups. These are not conference matchups. That's None of be a- these are conference matchups. That's gonna be a good game, Baylor versus Oregon. These are all. These are good all. Game. Yeah, damn right, it's gonna be a good game. At it's in Eugene. I mean that that this is you've you've got great games all across the college basketball board and all college football season long. That that it's the same thing every year, and and pretty much the mindset is. Don't lose two games, because if you do, you're screwed. Exactly. Welcome. Welcome to Who's the Best of Year? Oh, my God. (laughs) Why do we have to play a game for this? We already know. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. It is Who is the Best of Year? The... The scoreboard is up. Dr. Dog, Burley Gunner, and Mr. Oshimaida. Everyone say hello to Mr. Oshimaida. What's up, dickhead? Uh, Scoot said we had to say we missed you. So, we oh. missed you. Yeah, Scott, Scott, hang on. What I wrote Oshi- down. Oshimaida, I wrote, I wrote down. Oshimaida's muted. You have to unmute. I, hang on, hang on. I wrote down what, what you told me to say. Uh, oh, here it is. Uh, we miss you. We want you back on the show. Can you hear me? You are a valuable asset to the Cleveland sports fan. And not only that, but you are a valuable asset to the Cleveland sports fan flagship show with Scoot, myself, and Dr. Dog. Again, we miss you. Was that, can you was hear, that good? Can you hear me now? No, no, I, 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 yeah, we can hear you. Okay. So I, I wanted to know. I, I don't think that I don't think that Mr. Oshi might have heard your 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 speech. I'm no, I, I I didn't I no, I heard it. It wasn't a speech. He 
read something off a piece of paper and did it very poorly. Yeah, that's that you're down one on the best beer over there, Burley. <laughs> All right, so so the rules of this game are simple. I will ask a question. The first person to chime in, I will pick. He has the chance to answer the question. If he gets it wrong, the other two have the opportunity to steal. So how do we chime in? With your chime card. The first person to talk. It is you gotta the... have a signal. You gotta have a signal. No, the first person Bzz. to talk. We should just buzz. Bzz. I'm gonna I'm gonna say tippy toe. No, I'm gonna start talking. <laughs> it, it will be the first person that talks. And I will be the 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 judge, jury, and and all that crap. Anyways. Yeah, I know. You gotta love it. All right. Are we ready? Are we ready, people? Do yes. Dr. Dog has been asking me to play a game, like, for two months now. What's the prize when I win? The prize is the fact that you get to boast about the fact that you're the best Bavere. What do you mean? I do that before the game. Can I stop? Can I stop real quick and just make a comment that the background of these two goofballs, their heads get in the way of the the back of the jersey besides the six, and all I see is ranch. <laughs> Good to have you back, Oshimaida. <laughs> we we really missed Bob. It just says ranch number six. Ranch. 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 Not franchise. Ranch. Ranch. All right. right question, question number one. Who was the first Indian's number? What was the first Indian's number to be retired? Buzz. <laughs> buzz. Me. All right. Who's, who this, said buzz? Me. This is going to be. Uh, okay. Be Burley. It was number 19. And for a bonus point, whose number was that? Bob Feller. Two nothing, bitches. Mm. Question number two. A long night. What was the last number retired? <laughs> Early? Number <sighs> There's got to be a time limit on these questions. Five seconds. <clears throat> All right. To the other two, what was the last number retired? Oh, okay, I know so what it is. Getting the jersey retired and, and being in the Monument Park are two totally different things, right? Yes. What okay. was the last number retired? 38. Oh, see, I wouldn't know the number. I would just know the name. Mr. 
Oh, she might have. You have. I would know. I would know a name, but I probably wouldn't get a number correct. But I, Rocky Calavito, and I know it's wrong. Number twenty-five. The number was number twenty-five. Jim Tomey. Jim Tomey, four points. Yeah, you're too late. Yeah, but I got it. But I came back and got it. Yeah, that no, you you had you had your you had your. Oh my goodness! Question question number three. Who who had the highest batting average? And what was it? For what? Cleveland Browns, who had the highest batting average? And who did it? Well, Cleveland, Cleveland Browns. Cleveland average. Indians. Oh, so the highest batting average for a season? For the season. Okay, okay. Omar Vizquel. Uh, you didn't buzz in. Go ahead. Omar Vizquel. Wrong. Bob? Do I really oh. not get the points for Jim Tomey? No, Correct. you don't. You guessed the wrong answer the first time. I didn't guess, though. I didn't say anything. You you, you buzzed in and, and you didn't have an answer. But, but you, I didn't say anything. Okay, well, in Jeopardy, but, if you buzz and don't answer, you don't get to come back and buzz again. Exactly. This is the Cleveland Sports Fan Show. This isn't Jeopardy. Well, I it, would it, say Earl Averill. All right. Oops, I think I'm talking too loud. Doctor, Doctor Dog, do you have a guess? Doctor Dog, Kenny Lofton, and the batting average was a point four. The batting average, the batting average was a four oh eight, and and the person that did it was Shoeless Joe Jackson. Damn it, I, that was my second guess to be. I swear to God. Question number four. Did you say you were talking too loud? I said I was outside. Who? And I was too loud. Who in the Cleveland Indians has the most RBIs? Uh, go ahead. Manny Ramirez. Oh, for two points, can you guess what? How many RBIs he had? Oh Lord, have mercy. Let's see. If you get a hundred RBIs a season, that's great. He was here in ninety four, ninety five, ninety six, ninety seven, ninety eight, seven thirty eight. Mm. Hundred sixty five. That's it. In a season. Oh, in a season. I would yeah. I thought you know, his whole career. How is this fair? I, These are questions before I was even born. <laughs> okay, what year did Cam Newton get drafted? If yeah, you, so, if yeah, you are did Cam Newton get drafted? If you are a Cleveland sports fan, shouldn't you know the history of your ball team? Yeah. Shouldn't you? What did the Vikings do in 1982? 
Question number five. Quarterback was Tommy Kramer. That's what I thought. Who has... I just answered your question. Who has the most strikeouts in in the Cleveland Indians? In a season? No, I, I, I do believe with this... This number that's well, I don't know. No, this is I, I do believe this is in a season. Nick Swisher. No, that has to be run. Okay, are we let, talking about a pitcher? Hang on, I can actually tell you. Yes, pitcher. What pitcher has the most strikeouts in in in, in, in the Cleveland? Play? Indians history, so it's it's overall. Go ahead, Bob Feller. Do you know how many? No, oh, Jesus. Well, he went to the war for four years, so he averaged to 60, 1,658. 348. All right, whatever. But Mr. Oshimaida ties it up with Burley Gunner. Moving on to question number six. Who has the most saves? How many saves? are there? 15. Okay. Who has the most saves for the Cleveland Indians organization? Buzz, buzz, buzz. Yes, Burley Gutter. I was there when this happened. Damn it, I forget his name. Five seconds. Four. No, no, I three, was there. I was there. Two. No, 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 no. One. Wait, 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 wait. wait. All right. To the other two. Who in the Cleveland Indians organization has the most saves? See, I didn't really. Hold, hold on. Guess. What What did Jake just say? I don't know. Jake, are Jake you said, chiming in? I think Jake said John Rocker. No, I I was there. I don't know. Okay. I was there. I was Mr. There. Oshimaida? I had one guess, but now Ryan's saying I was there. So now I'm thinking. <laughs> I was I was there. Unless I was there for the unless he broke the season the single season saves record. That I, got, I, got, I got I got two guesses, but I'm gonna say Doug Jones. <clears throat> All right. Jose Mesa. That was my other guess was Jose Mesa. So wait, who the hell who am I thinking of? Because I was not there for that. Who? Who was the the closer after Bob Wickman? Oh, that one dude that had the drugs delivered to his house. And no, 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 no. The Indians' all-time season saves holder. Oh yeah, you're. It's not Shaw. It's the other guy. No, 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 not Shaw. No, okay, it's not Shaw. That was the, that was se- that was season saves, not total. 
this is going to bug the hell out of me. The whole, I'm not going to be able to do anything else. All right, we got to move on to the next question. We're running out of I time. I can't. Here. I can't. We got to. We got to figure this out. Question number Cody seven. Allen. No, it was not Cody, Cody Allen. Allen. No, it, no, not Cody Allen. All right, then I don't know, and I don't care. Question number seven: What was the IHL hockey team in Cleveland? The Barons. The Cleveland it's Barons. The Barons. I got that's me. That's me. Bob said, said it. Barons. I said Cleveland Barons. I'm technically correct. Ah, uh, Burley, I can't give that to you. When but you say what Cleveland IHL team? Why do I got to say Cleveland? But, but but you but we said it at the same exact time, and oh, I no. said Cleveland Barons. No, 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 no. He said Barons way before you. You're at your. You don't, no, 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 I said it at the same time. Now, now, I I will give you the opportunity to gain a point if you can tell me where they played. Where they played? Yep. The, the Wolstein Center? The Center wasn't there. They played Shut at up, the Rich Coliseum. And Bob gets that bonus point as well. The Wallstein Center wasn't there in the 70s. Next question. Name three other names that the Guardians went by. <clears throat> Go ahead, Bob. Indians. Yes. Naps. Yes. And uh, Spiders. Correct. It's not. This is not even fair. You missed. Would, you forgot. You, what about the Broncos? What about the Blues? I, I uh, only had to give three. I, I yeah, only, well, one of the one of the three that you said was the Indians. It's I, still one of the three. I only asked for three. There's gonna be there's gonna be questions later on down the road that. That are multiple I choice. The, I could have come up with the Broncos. I could have come up with that stuff. I didn't have to. Who was the first coach of the Cleveland Browns? <clears throat> Buzz. Okay. I, okay. I can't. I got to recant my am because I'm not Paul sure Brown. if you're talking about the original Browns or the new Browns. You meant the original Browns, so I got to take my aunt back. Okay. Buzz. So Ryan gets to answer. Paul Brown, Buzz. Paul Brown is correct. What is I'm going on say, with Doctor Dog? Doctor Dog is at zero. Palmer, he quit. He quit. He doesn't. He doesn't care. He quit. All right. He didn't quit. He just doesn't know any of this stuff. We are going into an Indians or a Guardians question here. Name four of the 11. Hang on a second. Hang on a second. There, there is some sort of audio that is bleeding through. What the hell's going on here? That's the, it's a TV guy. Doesn't understand the whole, uh, we're doing a podcast thing. And that's what happens when you don't have a setup and anything 
and you got um, your movie. That was actually, I was actually asked to come on this at the very last second. So oh, I didn't. I, I I just heard a lot of noise. We're going on to the next question, guys. Name four of the eleven players that are in the Baseball Hall of Fame as Cleveland Indians. You said four. Four. All right. Well, Jim Tomey. Yes. Earl Averill. Yes. Cy Young. He did play for the Indians. Did he go? Okay. It, they had to go in as Indians, though, correct? Your time is done. What do you mean my time is done? The uh, the last two that he's forgetting are Larry Hold on. Dovey hold on. Hold on. Guys, and, guys, done. guys, listen to the question. Name four of the 11 players that are in the Hall of Fame as Indians. He names two of them. I'm going to name the other two. Larry Doby and... Um... Wait, I just said his... I just said his name. Bob Feller. Bob Feller. He wears number 19. I just had a brain fart. Al Rosen. Tris I got. You're done. I got it. I'm done. You're done. I just okay. didn't. I, I didn't pay attention to the actual question. So, Joe Borowski. That's who it is. So, Joe Borowski. That's Earl, who I was talking about in the closer question. Earl Averill, Lou Boudreau, Stan Kovaleski, Larry Doby, Bobby Feller, Bob Lemon, Al Lopez, Joe Sewell. Tris Speaker, Jim Tomey, and Earl Wynn were the only Cleveland Indians in the Hall of Fame as a Cleveland Indian. Right. So I got the points there because I had uh, Jim Tomey, the Larry Doby, and the... the I just uh, said that I the, didn't uh, Would you let me finish? Oh, we, we don't yell at each other here. This is why I don't get on. I'm just wanting to make sure that I collect the points because I'm the one who had Jim Tomey and Spurgeon Wynn and all them. Spurgeon Wynn. Spurgeon wasn't even on the list. Uh, I got last, it right. Last time the Cleveland Browns won an NFL championship. And, bzz, bzz, bzz. Damn it. Go ahead. 1964. I remember it. I remember it like it was yesterday. Man, you guys are tied up again. All right. Out of Dr. This... Dog, are you done? Did you realize that you are the worst Bevere? Well, whenever we get it's a question, about... he, he doesn't, doesn't know. know. He does This not is know Cleveland Sports Fan trivia. This is not Cam Newton trivia. No, this is ancient Indians. This is not ancient. Question question 11. Out of the 17 Hall of Fame inductees that were inducted as Cleveland Browns, name five. Me. 
Wow. Oh, no. Hell no. So close. Hell that was me. Fuck no. That was me. That was so close. Okay, here. I'm going to make you guys a deal. I'm going to make you guys a deal. Burley's going to go first. You name five, you get a point. Bob, you can go after. If you can name the other five, you get a point. But but he can't. Wait. But what? But he he can't. He can't. He can't re say who I've said. Correct. Oh, Ooh. that's fucked up. That's totally fucked up. Well, let's uh, see that. Burley, you got better get started. I mean, four are obvious. Burley. Otto Graham. One. Jim Brown. Two. Paul Brown. Three. Leroy Kelly. Four. I want to say, I'm not even going to say him because he wasn't. Dante Lavelli was. And that's five. I Mr. Mr. Oshimaida. Give him the fucking point because that four of the five is what I was going to say. So. That, Mr. Oshimaya, give it a shot. Okay, Lou Groza. Yes. Paul Warfield. Correct. Leroy Kelly. Nope, I said him already. Oh. Um, go ahead, say, go ahead, say Bernie Kozar. The Browns haven't had a Hall of Famer since nine, since the seventies. What about how about Phil Dawson? Why don't you throw uh, him in the, there? Ozzy uh, Newsom. Yes. Didn't I say him? No. I'm rooting for Oshimaida. <clears throat> Come on, Oshimaida. Come on, man. I don't think I got it anymore. Oh, that is. Oh, can I get 10 more points if I get it? <sighs> no, you can't. You're only getting one. Um, so, Otto Graham, Paul Brown, Marion Motley, Ooh. Jim Brown, Lou Groza, Dante Lavelle, Len Ford, Bill Willis, Bobby Mitchell, Paul Warfield. Oh, no. I said Paul Warfield. No, you didn't. Yes, I did. That was my, I got three. Uh, I said Lou Lou Groza, Paul Warfield, Ozzie Newsome. Yeah, you got five because you got to go first, and that's the only fucking reason. Mike McCormick. I buzzed in. Frank Gatsky. No, you did not. Whatever. Leroy Kelly. If you're not Ozzie, cheating, you're not trying. Ozzie Newsome. Joe DeLamore. What? DeLamalier. DeLamalier. Gene Hickerson and Max Speedy. Dr. Dog, are you done? I forgot about Marion Motley. I, I would have probably got that. But outside of that, besides the ones Ryan said, I don't think I would have got him. So whatever. 
do you have Scott? Do you have the five? Uh, do you have a five point question to possibly get Doctor Dog back into the thick of it? <laughs> no, I don't. Doc, How many doc times has Ron Rivera won Coach of the Year with Cam Newton? How many listeners give a shit about the Carolina Panthers? The answer is two, folks. Question 13. Out of the nine remaining people that were inducted under other teams, there were three NFL coaches. Can you name them? Go ahead, Bob. No, I didn't even hear the question. Okay. Out of all of the Hall of Famers from the Cleveland Browns, nine remain that were people that were not inducted under the Cleveland Browns name. Three of those people were head coaches. Name them. <laughs> Who buzzed it? I can think of one. I don't need one. I need three. Well, that's why I didn't go. Who buzzed in? It is <clears throat> Bill Belichick, Bill Cower, Tony Dungy. Eh. Oshimaida, do you have an answer? Okay, so these are three Browns coaches that have no, been inducted. These are the three game. people that played played for or coached for the Cleveland Browns but are in the Hall of Fame under the name of a different team. Oh, okay. But they were head coaches in the NFL. Can you name them? They were Okay, so they were all head coaches in the NFL. Yes. All right. Bill Cower Yes. Marty Schottenheimer. That's the one I missed. Damn it. And uh, I don't think Tony Dungy ever played for the Browns. Bill Belichick. Chuck Knoll, Don Shula, and Bill Cower. Wow. Yeah, Chuck Knoll and Bill Co or and Chuck Knoll and Don Shula did both play for the Browns or coached for them. I, I I didn't I didn't think that far back. On the Cleveland Browns, which quarterback has the most passing yards? <laughs> Go ahead, Burley. Bernie Kosar. And <laughs> well, it's one of two. <laughs> I'm, I'm waiting for you. You have to say it. Brian Seip. For an extra five bonus points. Mm -hmm. I almost said Baker Mayfield, but I didn't. How many yards did he throw for? No, I don't know. Um... 8,495. 23,713 yards. Yeah, I guess he was there about five years. 
And for the final question, the tiebreaker question, ladies and gentlemen, to find out which Bavir is the best. Who on the Cleveland Browns has the most receptions? Oh, damn it. Go ahead, Burley. What? O B J. He's not on the Browns no more. Wait a minute. You you mean of all time? I mean, who holds the record with Man. the Cleveland Browns of having the most receptions? Ozzie Newsome. No, oh no, where's the buzz? There was no buzz. There's I didn't no hear buzz. buzz. I heard no buzz. No I heard buzz no at buzz. all. There was no buzz. No, no. Jake I've been buzz. buzzing. Jake Buzz. If anything, I buzzed before Burley. Jake buzzed. Give it to Jake, Scott. He buzzed. He did not buzz. Jake buzzed. You said this is for 10 points? Are we really doing this? No, this, no, is, this for is the one tiebreaker point. between us. But if you get the point, we're still tied. He, buzz him in. Buzz I'm him buzzed in. in. I've been buzzed in. I'm waiting. All right, go. It's Wait a Ozzie second. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. If if Ryan buzzed and answered incorrectly, why the hell do I got a buzz? What do you mean? I, me and Ryan buzzed you at the same time. haven't been in this thing the entire time. Me and Ryan buzzed at the same time. He got his oh wrong. I got my right. All right. Well, I gave, you the an- I gave you the answer, so get the point. Got, it, it, it's because okay. he didn't buzz. It, it, it's okay. It's okay. There is another question to break the tiebreaker, so don't worry about it. Everybody just hold on. Go ahead, uh, Dr. Dog. Give me your answer. It's Ozzy Newsome. Okay, you get a point. No, I get five points. You'll only get (laughs) one point. Fucking convenient. Now, for the tiebreaker. You didn't think we'd get this far, huh? I really didn't. <laughs> okay. The Cleveland Browns have the ring of honor. On that ring of honor are... Scott, you're a horrible game show host. 18 names. Who was the last name put on the Ring of Honor? <laughs> Go ahead. No, buzz, buzz, buzz. What did you say? Joe Thomas. Buzz, 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 buzz. Burley? Buzz, buzz. Clay Matthews. You guys sound like a bunch of bees. After you celebrate, you'll give your kid a bottle. Ladies and gentlemen, Joe Thomas. Joe Thomas. Joe Thomas went in on 2018, and Clay Matthews went in on 2019. Uh, Congratulations to Burley Gunner. 
I think I won. You helped. You helped, buddy. Uh, I'm out. Congratulations, Burley. I can't believe you won that. Let's go. On that note, everyone. You know what? Uh, As soon as he buzzed in, I knew he was saying Joe Thomas. (laughs) You know why I knew he was saying Joe Thomas? Because that was the first person that popped in my head when you said Ring of Honor. And when you said last, I just thought to myself, well, hmm, Clay Matthews was in the Ring of Honor after Joe Thomas. Bada bing, bada boom, I'm the best Bavir there is on the Cleveland sports fan. Wow, I can't believe that. Anyways, uh, I am going to be coming up with a new game every week. When's the Cam Newton game? We will have our games every week. There's no Cam Newton game. Uh, Yeah. As a matter of fact, I I may actually slam into your four chub show and, and, and pull off a game between all four of you Mm. to see which chub is chubbier is chubbier. Well, I said episode one (laughs) of the chubbiest chub out of all the chubs. Well, you're not showing it. Hey, I, 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 I have to give you a lot of props. I have to give you a lot of props, Burley. A lot of those questions were historic and, and I did not think that you were going to know them. But uh, congratulations! I knew, I knew you all that the ones. One. I I knew all the ones that that Oshimaida answered. I just didn't buzz in fast enough. That's uh, I, I'm gonna and, have to. And, and by the way, sorry to cut you off again, Joe Borowski. Joe Borowski is the closer that I was thinking of. He had 45 saves in a single season. Got okay, so he was the single season holder. And Must actually, be. Has yes, to he's be. He, yeah, he's listed here as the single season closer. Yes, I remember. Um, I was there with I was there with my dad. I was there with Oshimaida. Uh, we were sitting right down the first base line, couple rows up, and we saw Joe Borowski uh, clinch. I believe he. I I could be wrong about this, but I believe they clinched the postseason and. He clinched number forty-five in the same game. Wow! Wow! All right, guys, this has been a long night. Thank you for contributing to this. I will see you guys on your four chub show, uh, Doctor Dog. Doctor Dog. Yeah. Larry, Better luck buddy, next week, buddy. Buddy, here, here's what we're gonna do for for the four chub show. When we go into the game, I'm going to have you log in under a different name. And then what we'll use is the hand raising as the... No, we can just keep it on here. We'll just do it on the same device and he can. we'll just tell you who raised the hand. There you go. That's fine. That's That works for me. Um, be ready for it because... It's going to be more questions around the leagues. About Cam uh, Newton. Ah, uh, Cam Newton. Cam Newton died this weekend, didn't he? Oh. Well, wow. That's going to get edited out. 
Holy mm. shit. Oh, Cam Newton. Oh. I, I uh, yeah. I I had all the faith in that team right up until this weekend. And then I went. But then again, I'm getting threatened by Dr. Dog, who only got one point in the game tonight. So I don't really care what he says. It was a big point. It altered the game. It altered the whole game. Dr. Drippy Dick caused. caused, I forgot about that. Caused Ah! Mr. Oshimaida to lose. You fucked up and lost. That is it. That is all he did was he caused Oshimaida to lose. If I was Oshimaida, I'd be pissed at you. On that note, guys. He abandoned his cat with me. No, he dropped your your cat. cat. He dropped your cat off at my house is what he did. Burley, do you remember Oreo? He was your cat. Burley, do you remember Oreo? I remember Oreo. That he's was dead. Cat. That was my cat. Okay, he's dead now. Remember Milo? Yeah. That's what we have yeah. now. That's not my cat. You know it's true. You just don't want to admit it. Good night. New episodes night. daily on the Cleveland Sports Fan. Good night from Burley Gunner, Dr. Drippy Dick. No. And myself, Scoot. Have a good night, everyone. It's not my name.